0: That's up and running. That too is up and running. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that lets you know you paddle once on one side... You paddle once on the other. You could double up. You can do one, two, one, two, but really it's about forward momentum. Yeah, for most people, row, row, row your boat is a children's song. For them it was an instruction manual. <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co host, Jared Sheldon. Jared. Why can't people row boats? That was painful to watch. It was it was pretty sad. It was yeah. I want to go kayaking. I've been a couple times, it's really fun, and even though I live literally two blocks from the lake, I do nothing with that all I, summer. That seems like a you thing. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, Stephen, but we are recording under a blood moon. Oh. Like the bloodiest blood moon I've ever seen. What makes it bloody? Just it's red? Yeah. It has a red tint? It's huge and red. Mm. What, what is the natural phenomenon that makes that happen? To Google. Ah, okay. <laughs> Science? I didn't think you'd ask me these types of questions. A blood moon happens when Earth's moon is in a total lunar eclipse. While it has no special astronomical significance, the view in the sky is striking, as is usually the white moon becomes red or ruddy brown. So yeah, I guess it's a lunar eclipse. Good to know. Hmm. All right. The more you know. We're here to be a fountain of useless fun facts. <laughs> Stephen, how are you? I'm fine. I lifted like a hundred boxes today. At work, so I'm just like, I didn't get up early enough to go to the gym, so it made up for me not getting up early enough to go to the gym. Do you go to the gym before work? Yeah. I tried to do that for like two weeks, and I was like, this is not for me. I can't do it. No, I like it, because I I, I want to be home when I'm done. Yeah. So you just work from home and then go on your lunch. Well, I wish I could work from home, Jared. It doesn't work that way. Not at that job. Not unless you make it work that way. <laughs> I'm supposed to go in the office three days a week. Do you? I am going to abstain from answering this question in case any of my coworkers happen to stumble upon this podcast. Fair. I think that kind of answers the question, though. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of answering questions that nobody asked, emails. Feel free to send us emails at SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. You can send us more emails or other ways to contact us. SurvivorTBT at SurvivorTBT on... Twitter, and you slash SurvivorTBT on Reddit. Those are all the things. You would think I would have it down by now. I don't. You usually get it pretty well. Uh, usually pretty solid. Today, eh. Not We're so low much. energy today. We gotta pump it up. Pump up the gym. Pump it up. Pump it up, yeah. Yeah. Why wow, the beat is bumping. The gym <laughs> is pumping. Okay, I'm, I need to stop. Email from Josh. The audience was 100% on Gabe's side, and I thought John was a mean bully and, a, and an asshole. <sighs> Sorry, not I thought. Anne thought. The audience thought. John was was mean. People still, in 2002, are watching this show and being like, yeah, we should just like kind of whittle people off with no intention and just kind of as it happens. (laughs) I don't like them. Go. Get away. It makes no sense. You fool. We also got an email from Carl. A longer email. Heyo, this might be my last email for a while as I'll be traveling starting Thursday. I find myself a spare time before my flight leaves that day. I may shoot one more. Hell yeah. But after that, I'll be in... I'll I'll be out of the country for a few weeks. Enjoy your travels. Yeah, friend is getting married. Can't wait to dump 5,000 words of survivor takes on you when I get back. (laughs) We'll have to have a special responding to Carl's email episode. Yeah. (laughs) That's the bonus episode this season. Please keep having strong opinions. I'm 100% cool with y'all disliking characters I like and vice versa. Not that I really give a shit about Hunter. I expect it. It's part of what makes talking about the show fun. Yeah. It's true. Laughing my ass off at being a BB. <laughs> he will forever be remembered. People that don't listen to season one of this podcast or watch season one of the show are going to be so confused. Yeah. This brings up an interesting point that I thought of later, but I didn't mention. What would row 2 have even taken if they won the reward? It's a great question. Their clothes? Mana didn't have anything. Yeah, I mean, I guess as much of the food as possible, like just stealing fruit. <laughs> I don't know if you caught the shot of blindfolded John high-stepping left to right across the screen during the reward challenge, but it cracked me up real good. No, that's great. That's a great way to move when you're blindfolded. But if they cut the SOS challenge, how, will, how else will they rig it? <laughs> The reward rigged it more than it being an SOS challenge. I mean, there's no question which one was more visible. Yeah. We haven't had one that's been close so far. (laughs) Man, that challenge needs to go. It does. It's such a problem. It really does. Now for what Carl deems as the Gabe section. Buckle up. Oh, wow. Okay. Here we go. Gabe was mostly disliked by the online Survivor fan base who thought he was a fool for going on Survivor but not caring about winning. Interesting. Why play a game you don't intend to win? Yeah. However, I have a very different opinion on Gabe. See, Gabe was originally slated to be on season one but was cut because producers decided his background wasn't relatable enough for the general audience. Weird. So, naturally, they cut, er, they cast the everyman, Greg Buisse, in his place. Oh, my God. <laughs> The main reason they didn't think he was relatable was because he was actually raised on a commune where everyone was taught to look out for others first. That makes, that makes John's commune comment make a lot of sense. But also, casting got that one right. Season 1 would have been a lot more boring with Gabe instead of Greg. I agree. But also, what made them think Greg was relatable? <laughs> it would have been a different chaotic energy. Yeah. Absolutely different. Still weird. I mean, my maybe my favorite episode of season one is the Rich and Greg going at it episode. And that just wouldn't have existed. Yeah. Saying Gabe was objectively wrong to carry his attitude into this game, in my opinion, ignores the historical context of what Survivor was and also when Gabe was supposed to be cast. Interesting points out a little bit that this was immediately post 9-11 and creating a peaceful society on national television may have seemed like a unifying message to a lot of people, including Gabe. Sure. I, I think that that I, I can understand that point of view up until people are coming to you in the game and being like, Hey, so what are you doing? Your answer then can't be "Oh, oh. Glad that he was on because the the Gabe versus John was one of the more compelling episodes maybe of all time. Mm. And I mean we kinda say that is yeah. that this season has been great. Casting wise, I feel like they nailed it. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think that vote-wise, they've also nailed it. Yeah. Like, the tribes... Not that the tribes are are voting people off on the basis of who will be entertaining, but some of the, frankly, more boring characters or people that are completely unhinged from reality, a la Peter, (laughs) going (laughs) home. Yeah, And, I mean, really, Boston Rob is everything this season. (laughs) He is a content goldmine for us. And he is... I mean, he's, he's literally changing the game. So, like, what more can you ask for? Any amount of people you put around Boston Rob are going to make it interesting. Yeah. And finally, surprised you didn't mention, and I had to go back and look this up because it was so striking to me that I did not see this. I'm surprised you didn't mention Gabe's friend's getting assassinated by the Loatian government. He casually drops it in the EW interview, and it's not elaborated on. What? Yeah. Hold on, let me give you the exact context here. My amazing wife traveled with me on many of those adventures, including when we had to go into hiding in Thailand after our friends were assassinated by the Loatian government. We settled in the mountains of North Carolina for the last couple of years before taking the opportunity to move to New Zealand. Just goes right on past it. What? And they do not ask about it. He just trauma dumped on everyone. And that then he- refused to elaborate. Absolute Chad move. That's the first question in, (laughs) like, that's his update on what you've been up to. And I'm I'm sorry, the reporter didn't ask for a follow-up? I guess not. (laughs) EW didn't think that was interesting enough, I guess. Wow. And finally, one more email from Michaela. Oh. Says, hey. God damn it. (laughs) Michaela's listening in the other room. Is that their way of, of noting that they actually listened to our last episode? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) making it ever apparent that we can be heard. Yeah, oh, that's true. All right. Oh, wait, you mean like they sent that right now? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Sent six minutes ago. Oh, yeah, okay. That makes sense. (laughs) Thanks, Michaela. And finally, before we move on, I have a retcon. Uh Uh-huh. So last episode, we made a big deal about the title of the episode. The title being the end of the innocence yes going back and putting up the episode today is the day that we released that episode going back and quickly searching for it I find out that the title is actually the end of innocence which makes sense however the problem lies with Paramount plus shocking I know Paramount plus has the incorrect title on the show so we were right. Yeah, because it's right here. Like, I pulled it up yeah. when you said that. I read it correctly. I wrote it down correctly. Paramount Plus screwed up. Oh, my God. Which we shouldn't be shocked anymore at this. I have no words. No words to be said. <laughs> Shall we move on? Uh, there, I do have an update to my uh, plug from last episode. Oh, go on. I am sad to report that Watch Me Forever has been stricken down by Twitch's content moderation. It could be back up by the time you hear this. Why, why was that, Jared? What, what happened? So, sources are telling me that the bot that was running it had a, like, a problem. They had to take it down for a second, and they put in an older bot that did not have the same filters on it. And it, it, it only took a couple hours for it to become uh, very problematic. <laughs> Although only kind of because it did like one of Jerry's like stand-up bits, but it was like a self-referential comedy. on like, ah, that's the stuff you can't say anymore because that kind of stuff will get you canceled. And then immediately Twitch's auto mod struck it down because it had said really horrible, I don't know if it was homophobic or whatever shit. So a robot decided that what a robot was saying did not (laughs) go between its content moderation and this is the future. Yeah. Future, future. So maybe it's back up and running by now. I did watch the clip and I feel like it was a little jump in the gun on the ban in that it it was a very meta joke that doesn't translate into a computer generated joke. Sure. It was trying to say, hey, this isn't funny, but in doing so, the thing that was being said is the thing that is being banned. And you yes. know, like, eh, I don't know. And ro- Well, that's because a robot moderated it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's robots all the way down. Robots, baby. Okay. You know what? this is robots? What? The bumper. I've now stolen that from you two episodes in a row, and I feel like you're getting upset with I'm me. I'm not going to tell you yes, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you no. So this episode came out on April 4th of 2002. A couple things happened. In the week between episodes, first off, Queen Elizabeth, who was the queen's mother, died. Okay, she was 101 years old. Wow, uh, they those Elizabeths they they hang in there. They hang in there for a long time. The Netherlands legalized euthanasia. Oh my God, becoming the first nation in the world to do so. Okay, which I remember I wrote my was it like ninth grade. 10th grade english paper on whether yeah on assisted suicide and why assisted suicide should be legal okay because why make people suffer if their quality of life is zero hey you're not going to get an argument from me all i'm saying is we should be able to people should just be able to like walk into a future on suicide booth and just be done (laughs) i'm kidding if you need help please get help the big keyword there is someone of sound mind yes also please get help yes Top, this top song on the chart was the same one it has been for this entire season. So going to the movie charts here, Clock Stoppers is number five, barely I, eking out E.T. the Extraterrestrial. I remember Clock Stoppers. I don't. It's not very good. Yeah, I don't. I don't it's, know. it's about stopping time. Okay. Blade Two has fallen down to number four. The Rookie, number three, which apparently is based on a true story. Did not know that. Yeah. Panic Room has come out and is number two. And then Ice Age is number one still. Ice Age is hanging in there. And hanging in there. Uh, Panic Crew, I've heard, is okay. If you like thrillers. Never seen it. But movies, these movies are all pretty bad. Except for Ice Age. Do you remember what your first thriller was? Oh, that's a good question. I, i very specific. Well, I guess horror slash thriller. Yeah, see, I was a big coward for a long time on horror movies. I think I accidentally saw Jeepers Creepers when I was in like second grade. Oh, dang. Okay. I remember watching saw the first Ooh. saw with friends on a a road trip i think it was on a like an older siblings basketball tournament and we were just like in the hotel room watching saw as children yeah so I so I, I i can't do like the gore the horror porn kind of like not for me the first one's not really it is a little bit but it's not really oh, premises it, but the first one is more of the The dynamics of this horrible game Mm. and it's just like two people in a room for a majority of the movie and then they get into like the the gore porn in second third there's there's still some horrible horrible things but it's fewer and further between than later iterations of the series Hmm. not interested okay don't i wouldn't go back and watch it now maybe the first one i wouldn't watch any of the other ones yeah, not for me. That's all I got. <laughs> okay, cool. Then let's get into the episode. Episode six, The Underdogs. All right. It's a fine episode. <laughs> it's, a fine it's a fine episode? a fine episode title. Oh, okay. It's a fine episode title. Did you enjoy the episode? I did. I, uh, my prediction was wrong. It was so close to being right, but Gina did not survive, and a Mara Ambu member, original Mara Ambu member went home before the merge. One episode off. Ah. Damn. These darn predictions. I could have sworn it was me, Kathy, though. We'll get into it. <laughs> Before we even open the episode, they show us a clip that we didn't get to see of Rob casting his vote in the last one. Yeah. Boston Rob saying, first chance I get, I'm gonna get ya. He's like, John, I see what you're doing. First chance I get, I'm gonna get ya. Get ya. Cut cut your throat, you're gone. I love it. It's great. I also love that he's smart enough to, like, know that he wasn't gonna be able to keep Gabe around and use him. Mm-hmm. And so go with the tides and don't let them know where you stand. It's true. Boston Rob is a game player I love. Boston Rob is a human, a little, a little, uh, contains multitudes. <laughs> we open up the episode talking about the pact of four in row two. Mm-hmm. You got Tammy, you got Zoe, you got John, you got Limo Rob, Robert, Igor, Igor, Igor of fortune. And John has lost his mind. <laughs> go on. John opens the episode being like, oh, thank God, I was just waiting for us to lose a challenge so I could get rid of Gabe. Oh, I, but I plan all along to get rid of Gabe. I'm like, my, my brother in Christ, we saw last episode. We saw your conversation with Gabe about how you were going to keep Gabe around if you would have just, you know, said that he had an alliance with you. Why are you lying to everyone and maybe also yourself? But everyone knows I'm the leader, Jared. Oh, my God. Everyone knows. He goes into a rant about how he is the leader and everyone knows this. This is him, I don't know, trying to prove to himself. I'm not entirely sure what's going on here. The thing is, he is he is the leader of his alliance. He keeps saying it. But he doesn't need to say it, and him saying it is making him less and less of the leader. <laughs> I can't argue with that. It's weird. I'm excited for the post-merge dynamics. <laughs> but then goes in and has a tribal baptism, is what he calls it. He and his group of four... His group of three, I guess four of them total, are at the waterfall, and he's just like standing in the waterfall, getting drenched by it, and then says, you know what? I'm getting naked. Rich did it, and Rich won season one, so I should get naked right now, because that's why Rich won season one, obviously. Being naked around your tribe is the only reason you win. Yes. It's well established. (laughs) It's asserting your dominance, Steven, which is why I'm naked right now while we record. Ah, that makes sense. I... Was afraid to say it. I didn't want the internet to know that. Yeah. But now that you mention it, it is a little distracting. It's very cold. Do- <laughs> we are in Chicago in the middle of winter. <laughs> no, yeah, but John is going mad with power. And I thought Lex was clum- clumsy with power. John is full on bumbling with his power. Mm. It's going to bite him in the ass so fast. Sorry, before we move on, have I ever told you my story of the nudist cruise that I worked on? No. <laughs> This is new lore. <laughs> this sorry, for everyone we're getting off track, but I feel like it's very relevant to this. I worked on cruise ships. I on my very first ship, there was a 13-day nudist cruise that rented out the whole boat. I mean you have to for a nudist. That cruise makes suit. sense. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm performing for them. While they're nude and they had to like sit on towels, not everyone sat on towels, which makes me a little, mm. I met on this nudist cruise, a beloved child icon that I'm not going to say their name because it's, I've looked them up and they don't mention anything about nudism. So I, I'm not going to like out them. Also, they're no longer with us. So that's, that's something too, but still. I I know things that the world doesn't know. You have to tell me afterwards who it was. Okay. The That's world. Insane. The world is forever changed. Anyway, uh, back to the episode. God, it's so distracting with no pants on, Jared. Ah, uh, yep. <laughs> back to the episode. Boss and Rob hopes they win so he can make the merge, but they're having a, a a little bit of a shakedown on their side. Yeah, John doesn't want to win. He's considering throwing the immunity challenge. Yeah already at this point in the episode and says that the reward challenge is more important than the immunity challenge he never commits to throwing the immunity challenge but he's like yeah hey let's just put our strongest people in the reward challenge he makes a mistake though if he really wanted to lose that immunity challenge he should have tried to convince at least sean and Vesepia. because i don't think rob boston rob could have been convinced to participate in the reward challenge, it just doesn't make sense that you're gonna uh if you like you can't throw it if you're not in the challenge. Well, Rob did compete in both. That's true. One person had to compete in both. That's that is true. And Rob was that person. You weren't going to get Rob out of that immunity challenge. No, there was no way. No way. Rob and Sean are talking about how they don't trust what's. They know they're the first ones out if they yeah. lose tonight. I mean, not tonight. Later down the road. And then they talk about. Vesepia. And they talk about how they don't trust Vesepia. Specifically, Rob doesn't trust Vesepia. Yeah. I haven't trusted her. I never trusted her. She's she's kissing up to them. I don't like it. So the tribe dynamics going into the merge are going to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Because for once, it's not just the original members of the tribes. You have a group of three in Boss and Rob, Sean, and Vesepia. Mm-hmm. With Vesepia being the soft third. Mm-hmm. I think she could... She could abandon them. You have the four row two members that stayed row two, which I think there's some sway on. I think you can sway one of them if John, at least, if John continues acting like a crazy person. (laughs) And then you have the family vibes of Kathy, Nalia, and Pascal. And the numbers of those three groups are almost even, three, three, and four. I'm really excited for this merge episode. Next, uh, yeah, next episode. Yeah, next episode. It's great. Because, like, this is the episode of those lines being drawn right before the merge. Mm -hmm. While this is all happening, Mara Amu is collecting food. More crab. Always crab. And Pascal says something that actually really defends Rob, Sean, um, and the the, the non-Hunter and Gina members Mm -hmm. of the original Mara Amu. Pascal's like, or maybe it's Kathy, says, like, we get to go on more... Adventures than we did at Row Two because all you have to do to eat is walk over and pick the food. Yeah, yeah, there isn't as much to do. Yeah, it's hundred percent right. All this lead up just to say that the best thing that came out of this episode was Kathy saying, "Holy Mother McGrady!" <laughs> when a crab snips her, yeah, Holy Mother McGrady, Holy Mother McGrady, and then we have a yeah, we have a nice moment of all right. Either Sean or Rob is gone. Who's it going to be, Rob or Sean? And they're like taking bets and, and joking about it because they can't imagine it being anyone else. How could it be anyone else going home? How it's just Rob it. or Sean. Cut to reward challenge. <laughs> <laughs> we hit the reward challenge. It's a relay race. My Amu gets there first, and then Two has to walk in on him, and Pascal's face, white as a ghost, when he realizes that... Gabe's gone. They had the audacity to vote out Gabe, the wonder boy. Yep. His child. I I loved it. But then I loved we, it. I'm glad we got that one beforehand of them all, like, guessing who it was that went home because all of them were like, oh, yeah, that, those two guys are either we don't like, and then for it to be Gabe. And now that throws in even, like, more of a wrench into the different dynamics because what does that make Pascal, Malia, and Kathy think about the original four? Like, they can't really trust them anymore now that Gabe's gone. Yeah. Like, what are they going to say? Like, what does John say to them? To be like, oh yeah, this is why we got rid of Gabe. You gonna find out? Yeah. <laughs> and then we jump right into the reward challenge. It's a relay race. It's a fun little relay race. Yeah. They get a couple different obstacles. You have to run through the forest. You have to untie some paddles. You have to go back to the beach. You have to untie some more paddles. You have to unlock a boat and then bring the boat out into sea. Around a, a flag, grab the flag, and bring it back. The key to this, though, is that the boat must be within reach of the chain. Which, when he said that in the rules, I thought, that's a really dumb stipulation to put on that. There is there's always a reason, a reason why he voiced over it. <laughs> there is always a reason, Jared. They're playing for Sierra Mist. Rest in peace, Sierra Mist. Our product placement. It's still going, isn't it? It's dead. It's now Zappy or something like that. What? Mm-hmm. When did this happen? Like a month ago. Oh. Okay. They've discontinued mist like five times. That's fair. I don't drink as much soda anymore, so Neither. if things happened, I wouldn't have noticed. No, and Zappy is a terrible name for soda. Yeah. They still have Mountain Dew Livewire, right? I don't know. They have Mountain Dew. They have Mountain Dew Livewire, right? I, um, and Code Red? I don't oh, not. Oh, no, I don't think so. I think this is a bit, but like I don't know enough about mountain. I'm diabetic. What makes you think I know all the Mountain Dew flavors? There is Mountain Dew. There is the red one, and then there's the orange one, and the well, and Baja Blast. Oh, and Baja Blast. Baja yes, Blast is the best. <laughs> That's never going away. Taco Bell will not let that happen. No. Uh. Anyway, they're playing for Sierra Mist chicken quiche bread like a full food platter and it's very important it looks so good to the rotu tribe to win this yes which again like the mara amu camp i hope when they merge they go to the mara amu camp because it's such the better camp it is the better camp despite the water situation it is the better camp. who cares yeah (laughs) boil your water it's fine yeah we start with the race through the through the jungle it's pascal versus rob And it's not even fair. Not even close. We all know how this is going to go. Rob smokes him and gets way out in front. He unties the paddle better. He runs better. He is the physical specimen that we know and love. Yeah. And then Zoe and him increase the lead. Yeah, they just keep going and they keep doing a better job. And they hand it off to John and Limo Rob to go and unlock the boat oh i forgot they had to like break coconuts to find a key oh yeah that didn't matter it no, didn't stop definitely. anybody no so john and limo rob are off in their boat and i wrote down this point, I was like this is not even close and then they can't <laughs> figure out how to paddle a boat so john is being louder than igor but he doesn't know how paddling works <laughs> he's yelling like i'll paddle you steer that's not, that's not how it works. No, you both have to steer. You both have to put momentum into the boat and counter each other or counter yourself. Either way, you need to be moving forward. One of you can't just be like a rudder in the boat steering. No. You're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> and poor Igor's like trying to listen to him, but it's like, what? No is the leader, Jared. Uh, he's such a bad leader. <laughs> he's fun to watch, but he's a bad leader. He is fun to watch. So they're just kind of like paddling in circles. They keep fading off to one side or the other. They don't know how to move forward. Giving Kathy and Gina enough time to catch up uh-huh. and overtake them. Yep. To the point that it gets really close, but Kathy and Gina are in the lead. I want to say they're about... Ten seconds ahead. I wouldn't go that far. I think probably like under five. Like by, like when they get to the beach, like I sure. feel like I feel like it was like under five when both boats hit the beach. Okay, Kathy and Gina hit the beach first. Uh huh. And they run to the post. Yep. Forgetting that they need to bring the flag that they went out to go grab. That's the whole point. Which okay, we're gonna talk about things that row two forgot. Yep. Those are more understandable of men for getting the fucking flag. Yeah, that was that was a big oops. The whole like that was the whole objective of the challenge. There's a there's a thing that you have to put the flag in. It's yeah. right there. I don't know what you were gonna try to do here. So Kathy has to run back and get it. Letting the Rotu tribe get there, plant their flag, and Jeff comes over and says, Rotu wins! Yep. That's it. And they ride off into their sunset. They have a nice, beautiful lunch. Oh, wait. We have a problem. Jeff calls for a pause. Jeff calls for a pause. The Madu Amu tribe, and I've never heard him say this before, protests Yeah, the, the victory. Like it's the Olympics. They have to protest. All right. They threw the challenge flag. <laughs> they the play th- is under review. Yeah. The red flag's on the ground, in, in the dirt. What they're saying and they're absolutely correct, was that Limo Rob does not get to the mat when the flag is planted. Therefore, canceling out what's happening. Mm. And Jeff has to go and, like, check this. I don't know how he could have checked the tape on that one. Luckily, though, he didn't need to. Because the one rule that he had to say at the beginning of the challenge, your boat has to be within touching distance of this chain, Mataamu's is, Rotu's is not. It's so fucking stupid to make it the length of a chain. We couldn't have just put like a mat down that it had to be on. It couldn't, couldn't have just been a mat. Yeah. Also, they needed both oars there. I'm like, why? Why did you make that part of the challenge? You didn't need both oars. No, he said, yeah, he says, he's like, you, that you need to have both people, both oars uh, on the mat and have the chain within distance of the canoe. Oh, I don't remember that. Which wasn't as important. Because of the change. But yeah, we get real rules lawyery here. <laughs> so Mara Amu wins on a technicality. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. Just, Listen, technically correct is the best kind of correct. It's insane how this all kind of breaks down. And there's very few times where I've seen Jeff be like, I'm sorry, I was wrong. This team wins. Insane. I screwed up. It's the first time we've seen it so far. Jeff would never be, Jeff would never fail. He's infallible. Well, they just re recorded. He so is the god of Survivor. <laughs> and what an angry god he is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Mano Amo gets to enjoy the food. They, they get they, to have fun. They get to enjoy a picnic that was made for up to seven people yeah. with only four of them. And they, they pose the question would we have been that grumbly? Is their exact words. Would we have thrown a fit? If the other team protested and got our win taken away... Yes! Of course you would have. Of course you would have been. But also, we have more Gabe shock here. This is where Pascal admits that... Yeah. Gabe was like a son to him. We get if, to see it three times this episode. Yeah. He's he's shocked, yeah. and he, he just cannot believe that Gabe would be voted out. And then he goes from that really touching moment to absolute fucking cringe. Yeah, He's, He's saying, like, oh, an old guy with me with three women? What could be better? Is heaven on earth. Is heaven on earth. That's what it was. Big yikes. Holy shit, man. Uh, Come you, on. You're a loving and adorable human, and then you do that. You went from being, like, the, the like, fun, like, cramp, grandpa to the creepy uncle. Like, <laughs> why? You didn't have to do that. I didn't have to, but we did. And then we get... Row two, and <laughs> more lovely Boston Rob quotes here. I did my pot. <laughs> I wrote that down. P-A-A-T. Yep, I did my pot. I did my pot. I mean, he did. He, he kicked ass at the relay race part of it. Yeah. Um, John's <laughs> speeches here are fucking unhinged. They are unhinged. He talks about how he avoided p- apologizing. Like, he is not going to apologize for screwing that up because... I, I'm just not going to. I'm the leader, and I I can't apologize. Which is the opposite of what you should be doing as a leader. He's like, he basically says, I'm the leader, so I should be responsible, uh, and I'm not apologizing. I'm not going to do it. It's full-on copium. He's, he's, like, talking to them, and he's like, Guys, it's probably a better thing we didn't win that challenge. Like, we're not going to have the runs for three days. Yeah, of it. it was like, all very high gas foods. I wouldn't... <laughs> yeah. I, even if we won, I wouldn't have eaten that. Like, no, no, no. Hold Dude, on. just take the fucking L. You're insane. Just take the fucking L. It happens sometimes. Yeah, you can lose things. It's fine. So have you ever heard the story of how the Beatles got so good? It's like the core story from behind Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000-hour theory. No, go ahead. Tell me. Basically, the idea is that it takes ten thousand hours to be good at something. Sure. And part of what made the Beatles so good is that one of their first things together was playing at some like bar in Germany for a very long time, where they were constantly overworked and were doing like set after set after set after set. So they got like a lifetime of experience in like four years. Tour. Boston, Rob, Sean, and Vesepia have had ten thousand hours of losing. <laughs> They know how to do it. They're experts at losing. I mean, they're experts at adversity. Like, right away, Boston Rob has a different measure of what winning looks like to him than John and the other people on row two. And we, we see it with Gabe. Mm-hmm. We now see it with John. They, these people do not know how to take it when it doesn't go their way. Yeah. Like, this meltdown of like, oh, I, it's all high gas I wouldn't eat it anyway. It's so fucking cringy. And, like, if we're feeling that from behind the TV, like, everyone else there has to be feeling it, too. I love it when people who don't know how to lose, lose. It's great. It's so much fun to it's me. It's chicken soup for the fucking soul, my guy. <laughs> but, I like, come on. So that happens. And then at Mata Amu, we get what I described as the Gabe postmortem poetry hour. <laughs> what? Of course he wrote Pascal a poem. Yeah. Of fucking course he wrote Pascal a poem. Yeah. And this is where Pascal admits that he wants a son like Gabe. Like, uh, I wish Gabe was my son. It was... He doesn't say exactly that, but he says that. Important note that Pascal doesn't have a son, so it's not like, I wish my son was more like Gabe. He (laughs) is distraught, though, about this vote. Honestly, if... We might hear about this for the rest of the season. How do people not prepare themselves for this? There will only be one of you left by the end. (laughs) And then we get a nice... This is showing... It's setting up for later, but it's showing the bonding and how... Gina is part of this group of three. Yeah. That despite the adversity, despite being on a different tribe, Gina is one of us. And I truly believe that this, when we get there, that vote was actually really hard for them to decide. Yes. And if they hadn't had to vote somebody off, that Gina would have gone forward as, like, a member of that alliance, that, that new Mara Amu alliance. Mm-hmm. That Mara Amnu alliance. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. There's just lots of bonding moments. Uh, she makes... Nalia smell pineapple. <laughs> Kathy does Qigong? Is that what she said? Something like that. Yeah. It looked like yoga and Buddhism had a baby. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was... It what was. was it? I was trying to think of something better, but it doesn't matter. I could smell the incense. <laughs> Which I like sure. incense, but I, I could smell the incense coming off of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so all, all hunky-dory over there. And then row two. <laughs> Way on the opposite side here. There is an element, by the way, I, I talked about the new Mara Amu. Like, we just switch which tribe is, is Kumbaya. Yeah. What's the common thread there? Boston Rob and Sean? Yeah. <laughs> I, they, they, have, they have a little bit of like, is it me? Am I the drama? <laughs> they are. They are yes, the drama. They are the drama. Hi, I'm the problem. <laughs> it's me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Boston Rob wants to know about the Alliance, he I'm- wants to put pressure on this Alliance. He knows. Yes, and this is really smart Mm -hmm. because he doesn't have many other options, and this is something I've been furious at in the previous three seasons. It's like, if you know you're on the bottom, why are you doing nothing? Why are you sitting down and, and laying down and dying? He knows he's on the bottom, Yep. and the best way to deal with it is just to confront them directly Yeah. and watch them kind of flounder and see if there's any cracks even in the way that they lie to him, and there is. Yeah... So he asks if there's a, if you're an alliance of four and goes to, who's he go to first? It's it was either Tammy or Zoe. It was Zoe. I think it was Zoe. Yeah. And Zoe's like, no, I mean, we're friends, but it's not an alliance. Alliance. And then he goes to John <laughs> and John's like, yeah, of course there's an alliance. You'd be stupid not to know that there's an alliance. Which also John kudos like that's like i've been been making fun of john for saying all the wrong things that's kind of the right thing to say yeah and there's a lot going on in this argument a lot going on so rob's like well zoe just told me there isn't an alliance so someone's someone's lying to my face do i have stupid written on my face (laughs) do do, do i have stupid written on my forehead yeah great uh and then all while this is happening and then john has a go and they're just yelling at each other all while John is waving this knife around, <laughs> kind of like a madman. Like, <laughs> I really wanted the caravan's arm just to come in from off off screen and be like, shh, hey, put, can you put, keep put that down? Yeah, just... you don't need the knife in your hand. Why stop? Please stop waving that. Just, just stop. <laughs> and somehow, they come to a mutual agreement of trust at the end where they're both like, yeah, I trust you, I trust you. And then they go away and they tell us, yeah, I don't trust him one bit. Yeah, well, this, actually, John turns the tables on Boston Rob. For a minute, and it's really well done. Where he goes, like, I saw you talking to Gabe. Like, are you gonna say that you weren't that you weren't making a backup plan to come for me? Yeah. And Boston and Rob is not a good liar. No. He laughs, and it's so obvious. And John turns around, and goes, "Do I have stupid written on my forehead?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, okay, this is vicious. This I is will, a good one." I know one of them, one of them is going to get the other one. Probably Boston Rob getting John within the next couple of episodes but I kind of hope it just stays like this for a while where <laughs> for- neither one can take out the other and they're just, like, picking off people but trying to one-up each other because it's just excellent TV. It's beautiful. It's really, really good. And then at the very end, yeah, we have a weird uh, homophobic moment where after all this argument, he's like, Boss and Rob like, sneaks in a are you gay? Literally as John's, like, standing up to leave, is like, hey, wait a second, are you gay? And it's like, what? I'm sorry? What? Are you just... Ah, he's putting him in a bad spot on national television. And, I mean... In front of his tribe. I was gonna say, Boston Rob is, I mean, at least from what we've seen, quite obviously homophobic, and it's gross. Mm -hmm. He's also a strategist, Mm -hmm. and I would not be surprised if he was trying to put a little bit of a wedge between him and the other three Mm -hmm. by saying something like that, just in case, like, hey, I don't know what these people think about gay people. If they don't like him, then maybe they don't like John. Yeah. It's gross. So this is a moment, for those of you Survivor fans out there, this is a moment that we will see repeated in a different way, at a different time, way later in Survivor, to much different effect. I think I know what moment you're talking about, because I saw the TikTok on it like a year ago. And Rob is not punished for it. Yeah. But there will be repercussions in the future. If it's the moment that I think you're talking about, there are some differences. There are some differences. (laughs) John says that... he was he has been out publicly for a long time yes not on the show yeah but he was he was public in his uh in his hometown of omaha but omaha omaha uh definitely known as a as a safe queer space (laughs) omaha nebraska Mm. but it's not great no it's not great it's not great anyway (laughs) we, we, we then talk about all right what if we throw the challenge I can get rid of Sean or Boston Rob. Oh, Boss if, and Rob. I was going to say, there's no or, it's just Boston Rob. I can get rid of Boston Rob if we just throw the challenge. But I competed in the last one, so I need someone else, AKA Zoe, yes, to throw this challenge for me. Yeah, because Zoe, Sean, and Vesapia have to participate. Mm-hmm. And one more person yeah. who Rob will insist is going to be Rob. Yeah. And I don't—I don't know what—what would the rules of that be for Survivor if Boston Rob's like, no, I'm competing, and his tribe's like, no, you're not. They just have to, like, vote on it? I'm sure it would have to be, like, a a rock-paper-scissors or something. Yeah, maybe. They wouldn't show that on camera. No. No, of course not. Unless there's, like, a big blow-up about it right there on the beach. Yeah. They're not gonna show it. I wonder—I—I want to know if there are moments like that. I don't know. I'm sure there have to be. Maybe. Yeah. there's nothing that comes to mind of something like, no, I'm competing— You don't get to compete. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so we get an immunity challenge. It is a maze, a very similar maze to the Australian Outback maze. Except it's a circle. It is a circle. And also it was, yeah, it was Tammy. You said Tammy, right? Not Zoe? I think I said Zoe. It's Tammy that is competing. We've gotten so little (laughs) of both of them that they are the same person. And that is unfortunate because they deserve better. If I can see them, I know exactly which one is which. Yeah. When they're doing things, I don't. Because <laughs> Zoe participated in the last challenge. She was the second part of the relay with Rob. So yeah, it's Tammy that's participating in this one. Okay. I'm going to take your word for it. It's May's challenge. Everyone's tied together. You have to get rungs of a ladder in order. And you have a designated leader. I don't know. They didn't have to. It's just the Why person. Why is this who... even a team challenge? It's the person who's in front. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, row two gets out in front because Rob is leading and does a really good job. He's good at challenges. He remembers where these things are because nobody finds it first time. Yeah. It's designed that you have to double back and get lost a little bit and say, oh, that's number four. I can't go to that one yet. I have to find number one and I'll come back to that one. And Rob does a good job of remembering where these are and the team does. Meanwhile, Kathy is leading the other tribe. Why, Why are we letting Kathy lead? Kathy... Don't let Kathy lead. It's does, never gone well. It went well in that one, ch- in the blindfold challenge. Was she leading? Yeah, she was the caller. Okay, you're right. You're right. They only had to rig the challenge for <laughs> Kathy to do a good job. She is good when she's not participating, but she is calling out orders. Sure. Anyway, this is... And also, I don't know if Tammy would have tried to throw this challenge. This is not a throwable challenge by one person. It's not, but It is. I it, mean, it's not throwable without making it super obvious that it's throwable. Yeah, and I don't think... Because even John, who's like, we can just lose the challenge, tells Tammy, like, no, 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 don't, like, sabotage it. But, like, just don't try as hard. Yeah. There's no not trying as hard. She was... You're being dragged along exactly. by a rope. You're right. She could throw it by literally just sitting down and refusing to participate. I don't think anyone on the show would stomach that. No. Uh, at all. No. No. So Kathy can't find the first post. Like, they struggle for most of this challenge. It is a five to two shellacic. Yeah. And then everyone gets up on the post at the end after they built their ladder and climb up. And they have a nice little dance party on top of the... <laughs> holding the immunity idol. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's also like... It's also dumb to watch them carry the flag everywhere. Because there's no reason why they have to carry the flag everywhere. It's... I did, Yeah, I don't know why they do it. It's for the people sitting out, I guess. I guess? Or for sky views, because it's a cool... If you look over top of the maze and just see the flag waving around, it's fun. It gave us a couple cool shots. It doesn't give you anything, no. though. We then go back to Badamu after they have lost, and they are down to four, and they're going to be down to three. And we have Fire Making 101 with Kathy. <laughs> Kathy thinks Sam is, sand is flammable. This, this is, as we've done before, the show trying to make you think this person is going home. Yes. And Kathy should have gone home for this. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy is putting literal sand on a fire to try to keep it lit. This is the thing you do to put fires out. Yeah, and that's what Gina says, and she's so gentle about it. She's yeah. like, oh, well, when I was camping, uh, when I camped, like, you know, growing up and, and through my adult life, like, we use sand to put fires out, not to start them. Yeah, Kathy, sand, there's, you, there's no airflow. It's a smothering agent. It's a smothering agent. It's not gonna. Of something that won't catch on fire. <laughs> And she says, like, back at row two, we would like wrap we this the, all the time. Yeah, we wrapped the coals and sand to keep them hot. Also, not how that works. No, it's not how that works. <laughs> but then nobody wants to talk about the vote. No. So I should say that Gina Kathy doesn't want wants to talk about, about <laughs> the vote. Kathy wants to talk about the vote. Gina doesn't want to talk about the vote with Kathy because I think Gina knows that it's one of the two of them. Yeah, and she she says that. I think they both know that. They both know that because. Nalia and Pascal aren't going to vote for each other. So it only leaves the two of them. Mm-hmm. Unless they ganged up on the two of them. But that doesn't even work because you have even number of votes at that point. Yeah. And it's better than a 3-0 three, three or 3-1. Yeah, but if you don't know, you're Kathy or Gina, you don't know which way it's going. It's fair. Yeah, I, like if I was in either of their spots, this is the one time where I'd be fine with doing nothing because you have, you have a 50-50 shot of it going to Kathy or Gina. I truly believe it was like 50-50. Like mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think the writing was on the wall for Gina. I think it was really, really close. And I do think that they, Pascal and and uh, Nalia, probably flipped back and forth several times. It's true. So why try to fuck it up? Because you get caught, you're immediately screwed. <laughs> I will always do too much rather than too little. Oh, I'm I'm ninety-nine percent of the time in your camp. But this is such a unique scenario where I just every other path forward seems like a worse option. Sure so everyone's in a tough place but gina thinks she's okay gina thinks she's gonna be fine i thought gina was okay (laughs) it's true this whole time we were watching he's like it's kathy it has to be kathy it's gotta be kathy right i'm sitting there like it's not kathy it's not it's not not gonna be (laughs) so tribal happens and yeah it's it's the kumbaya shit it's we're a tribal four kathy says she let them down in the challenge and she did yeah, yeah. And Nolia says, "I haven't made up my decision yet. I keep going back and forth, and I I don't know what I'm gonna do." And Jeff's like, "Well, have you made it now? No, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> what about now? How about now? No. Feed you your decision now. How about now, Nalia? <laughs> I mean, I have to go up there and vote. So yeah, probably eventually. <laughs> but no, until I have to write that name down, I don't know. They all voted the same, so. She must have known. I mean, yeah, either she knew or whichever one of Nilly or Pascal went first, then came back and sat down and was like, hey, I voted this. Do this one. Yeah, because Kathy was always going to vote for Gina. Gina was always going to vote for Kathy. This was just the two of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Gina gets a 3-1. She is gone. Yeah, Gina kind of got screwed. Gina did kind of get screwed. I feel bad for her. Gina won only three challenges this entire time. (laughs) It's true. Only one immunity challenge. Yeah. And two rewards. Wow. And the one immunity challenge you won was the SOS challenge. Oh my god, that's true. <laughs> and I don't think she's bad at the challenges. No. I don't think... There was never a point where she was the problem. In the original Mara Amu, like we said earlier, they got so close so many times. Yeah. And then this... Like, I just... I feel bad for Gina. Like, as opposed to some of the people who have gone home, like, I mean, frankly... Hunter and uh Gabe. She played a pretty good game. Yeah. With the card she was dealt. Yeah. She latched herself onto the wrong people. The wrong person. I was gonna say the wrong person. The wrong yeah. hunter. Yeah. Unfortunate. I wish she would have just let that go. She would have been in a better spot. But it wouldn't have mattered, because then she immediately no. gets thrown into another situation where she's the the odd one out. Exactly. Even if she had been honestly her latching herself onto Hunter helped her in the end. Because she, it was so obvious to the members of Rotu that she hated her other tribe. Yeah. So she immediately could assimilate with them, get rid of Sarah, and then be a family. But they just didn't have, them not rebalancing the tribes fucked her over. Yeah. It really did. How do you think Gina does in Future Survivor? Honestly, probably better. I think that part, like, her latching herself onto Hunter, if you put herself, put yourself in a season four mindset, Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. You haven't seen, like, a leader get their kneecaps taken out from underneath them. You don't realize that Boston Rob's going to fucking shank everyone in the camp if they cross him. and so He's not the one with the knife. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and so, yeah, you made yourself the number one of the leader of your tribe. And then when they swap, she that could be a very bad experience for her. She could have gone home right away, and she actually becomes... A very valued asset, and I believe neck and neck with Kathy to, st- to stick around. Mm. She seems really adaptable. Yeah. So I could absolutely see her doing well in this in a modern season of Survivor. Mm. I think she'd be the type of person to find a hidden immunity idol. Oh, yeah. She seems very... Scrappy. Uh, well, yeah, she's resourceful. Resource, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. well, you won't get a chance because she does not come back. I didn't think so. But again, not for trying. She put herself forward for second chances. I mean, she submitted. She's doing, like, I think she's still open to it. Finally, sorry, she did do a quarantine questionnaire. Would I play again? Hell yes. I really do think it will always be an unfinished part of my life. So if you have any poll, can you throw in a good word for me? This is to an EW person. Sure, yeah. No, they don't have any poll. Kathy's doing great. Kathy is a middle school principal. Uh, Wait, you mean Gina? Sorry, yes, you're right. Gina is a middle school principal. Huh. She's married, she has kids, she's living her best life. She watches Survivor with her kids, and her favorite season was Second Chances, although I should have been on it. <laughs> Hilarious. I, I loved the pure joy and excitement in those people's eyes, getting another shot at playing this game again. Amazing. And then she talked about the, the Zoom reunion, where, where everyone except for three of them all came and did a nice zoom chat together that's fun and sees people at charity events so like they're still in touch obviously they're not all like best friends but she's still in and yeah she loved being on the show she loved doing it and she wants to do it again my biggest regret was letting chance control the vote the night i got voted out that's that's fair i again i can understand why you'd beat yourself up over that but i don't really see what other option you had yeah but I'm in the same boat. If She regretted not going to Pascal and Nalia and begging them to keep me around. Sure. Yeah. Not making a choice is a choice. Not making a choice is a choice. Yeah. Who is your protagonist of the episode? Is it me? Yeah, Stephen, you're the protagonist of the yes. episode. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think it is Boston Rob. I don't want to make Boston Rob the protagonist of every episode. He's definitely been at least once or twice, but the vote in Mara Amu feels like a communal decision. It doesn't feel like one person was driving that per se. Mm-hmm. But Rob fights for his own life. <laughs> Rob is out is out here confronting John about the alliance, uh, insisting to be in the immunity challenge, leading the immunity challenge, winning the immunity challenge. It just it feels like John or uh, Boston Rob rather was a protagonist of this episode because he had to save his own skin. He knows his back is against the wall. Yep, and he acts like it. Crazy how that works. Crazy how that works. Yeah. So I don't know. We get a merge next episode. I, I wrote down before the next time on. I was like, this has to be the merge, right? Like, they're not gonna, gonna let a tribe of three people just compete in team challenges, yeah. right? They they don't. This is this is where it ends. Do I forget? Do we do your predictions on the merge episode? Uh, yeah, on the merge. Episode. Okay, so we'll we'll talk about your predictions and how it's been. It's a little off so far. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah, cool. We'll 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 read me for filth next. Yay! Two of the three people I guessed are gone. I've gone home. Yeah. So, we'll get your filth notes ready. Send us, send us... Send us your filth. Send us your filth. Make fun of Jared. Oh, roast me. Roast him. Please. We'll talk about that next episode. Anything else before we end the episode? I don't think so. All right. Then let us... Bumper. Bump up the jam. Bump it up. Do you have anything you want to promote, Stephen? <laughs> Jared, not having any of my business. I... I don't know i i haven't done a whole lot lately i went went out went to a comedy show i don't remember if we ever talked about it on the show i feel like we have but i'm going to say it again if you're in the chicagoland area go to galloping ghost arcade yes it is the largest arcade in north america you pay a flat fee you go in you can pay play as many games as you want for as long as you want jared and i went there and played games for literally eight hours one day you can leave and come back yeah was great We went, we had drinks, we had food, and then we came back and continued to play games. Oh, I'll bring my flask next time. That is a move. That is a bold move. Anything you'd like to promote? I'd like to promote two things. Okay. First, I saw the movie Megan. I'm not a horror movie person. Okay. It's very good. It's more of a thriller, and as opposed to, like, Chucky or something like that, like, Megan is an android. It's more of, like, a sci-fi thriller rather than, like horror movie where it's like oh it's possessed by satan or whatever sure yeah really really good just if you enjoy thrillers do it only a couple of jump scares and they're really predictable so even if you're somebody that, that isn't into that kind of thing yeah you know when it's coming um i'd also like to promote waiting to finish shows that you start with your friends what once they're there to watch them so if your name is uh, I, I'm not gonna, I don't want to dox anyone um if, you're, if your name rhymes with Shamela uh, and you started White Lotus season one with your friend um, and only got halfway through it, you should probably wait for them to finish it and Jared. not just abandon them. Jared's not bitter at all about this. Yes. Nope. So, yes. Go watch White Lotus. It hurts. I wouldn't know! There's a lot of hurt. Because I haven't finished it! Go watch White Lotus. For my co host Jared, this is Steven. Hi. Jared is bitter. Don't abandon your friends. Bye-bye.